Origin Clear is a company that focuses on wastewater treatment. And hello, everyone. And welcome to the Water's New Gold CEO Briefing. Our mission is to transform the water industry. Decentralization offers us this opportunity. The plan that you've built here is super impressive. The world is experiencing a crisis in regards to water. It's a great opportunity that you are giving us investors. The decentralization of water treatment means that we no longer need to establish giant water treatment plants. Let them fight over the 20%. Let's work with the 80% that's untreated. Over 21,000 unique alternative investments. Three million jobs in the U.S. alone. Making it easy for the regular investor. All the old trends just accelerated. Lucrative and fulfilling. The vision I've got is to standardize these products. Design, build, own, and operate. We have six 65 people in the room. We got an important message to to the world. We can put a guy on the moon, but our water is horrible. Recycling all that water, it's a huge impact for the environment. Bringing new infrastructure in drive growth in America. That's a critical part of the picture. It's a twin 125 gallon per minute RO system. I don't think we're talking about a $10 million fund. We're talking about a series of $10 million. Yeah, the opportunity itself is very big. To live, yes. Take care of the water. Not too many CEOs do a weekly briefing and are willing to talk to individual investors. And hello, everyone. And uh, every time I see that, it reminds me of the last two years and all of the wild and crazy times we've had leading up to what I think is a defining moment in our industry. So welcome aboard, and uh, I see we have a ton of people here, so I'll get going right away. Um, and I promise you lots of exciting developments. And this is December 9th. We have just one more briefing this year in 2021. And uh, water is really not just, these, these are great slogans, but really it's turning into an investment vehicle, which, um, it's kind of blowing it, uh, our minds when we realize what we're doing and we're um, moving as fast as we can to really um, deliver on the promise that is making investors flock in. So really excited there. Now, um, as you remember, you, this, you can listen in Spanish and just click on the globe symbol in your little Zoom interface. As usual, we try and do our very best to get it right. If we don't, then we fix it. And uh, the SEC... Securities and Exchange Commission has not blessed what we say, but we've gotten very good at saying as much as we can without my having to move to Costa Rica. <laughs> anyway, so Sunday, you guys might have seen this, but it's worth a quick look. We were on Newsmax TV, the Wake Up America show. Uh, it was uh, nice and early on the 5th of December. Now, what is Newsmax? Well, it is um, a, a TV channel that is on a bunch of satellite and cable channels. Um, it's also on online streaming OTT. OTT means over the top. That means that this is um, content that goes over the top of existing channels through um, devices like Roku and Apple TV and so forth. Um, it looks like it gets about 115,000 people live on that show, but they get uh, about 2 million per month. We're gonna be getting the exact numbers. Of course, this is symbolically very important because we are building a lot of momentum here on the, the shows and we sort of going up a ladder. In a bit, I'll also play to you the Newsy show that I did a bit earlier that hasn't appeared yet. 
And welcome back to Wake Up America. I'm Allison Maloney alongside T.W. Shannon. Uh, did you know that one out of every 10 people in the world live without clean water? Well, our next guest is helping to fix that problem. Joining us now, the founder and CEO of Origin Clear, Riggs Eckleberry. Welcome to Wake Up America Weekend. It's a great pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. And of course, uh, Riggs, you recently wrote a fascinating op-ed for Newsweek saying a water shortage is coming and we aren't prepared. What's your plan to rectify that? Well, it's very simple. You know, the... There's an infrastructure bill. Unfortunately, it really only uh, gets us one year of backlog caught up in our terrible infrastructure problem in water. And of course, we know that groundwater is being drawn down in, in fact, the most in California, which has the most drought. So all kinds of problems. And the federal government has been reducing its, its annual contribution to uh, city systems all this time. So what's the solution? Well, we found a solution, which is to bring America's investors in to invest in water systems just like oil wells. And this is proving to be extremely uh, popular and it's bringing a whole army of investors, frankly, because water rates inflate three times the rate of inflation. So it's a win-win for everyone. Riggs, you bring up some really important points about how clean water really should be something that we can all agree on. Just tell us some of those statistics so our audience can understand what, you know, why this water crisis is occurring and why we need to act now. Well, it, do you know that in the world, 80% of all dirty water isn't cleaned at all. It's thrown into our lakes, rivers, and oceans. And this is a scandal. So we have this disposable society where we just use the water and throw it out. You know, Israel recycles almost 90% of its water. America, 1%. That's ridiculous. We should be able to do that. But we can't do that with the antiquated central utility systems. We've got to do it where people are making it dirty, where it's being polluted, obviously. That's where it can be recycled. And so we are finding a huge mega trend towards uh, breweries and housing developments and car dealerships doing their own water treatment. And we're here to help them make it happen. Riggs, you mentioned that you have investors who are interested and a lot of people are, are taking on board with this. What is next? How do you actually get this going and get clean water to everybody who needs it? Well, we, you know. Let's look back in 1981 where, where Apache Corporation created the first oil well master limited partnership. And it, it blossomed today. It's huge. And it doesn't compete with Exxon and Mobil. It complements it. So we have a complementary idea of doing the very same thing for water that, that was done with oil. And potentially it is a multi-billion dollar activity because everybody wants to invest in water. They just don't, know, don't have a way. They can only you know, buy bonds or buy big company stocks. This is a way to directly invest in water equipment. And we're so excited that you know, America's investors who are looking for something stable and inflation friendly have a way to do this. You know, I know you put on recently a presentation just this past week where you suggested that water is the new goal, water as an oil well and several other strategies. Really, what's the end game here? Well, look, the end game is we, we got to do everything right. There's all the weapons come into to bear. We've, we've got to um, clean the dirty water. We've got to recycle. Desalination is a weapon. It's all of the above. And we need to stop the groundwater depletion. Do you realize that the Ogallala Aquifer, which is the Midwest, it's 30 percent of all water for produce in America, is now down uh, in some places 150 feet down and it's going to completely deplete. This is very irresponsible. So good policies for uh, groundwater management, all these things are essential, but we need to bring help from all corners and we can't rely on the federal government anymore.
Yeah, Riggs, it is safe to assume that uh, you have been probably met with some skepticism, if, the, if that's the case. Uh, how do you deal with that? What have people been saying? Actually, people, it's a lot of pent-up demand for, for what do I do? How can I, I get in emails constantly in my inbox. How can I help? What can I do? I know there's a problem. You know, Flint, Michigan, all these places. There's a lot of canaries in the coal mine. And people know that their local water is not great. It's not going to kill you today, but it's, you know, it's got toxins in it. And they keep asking, how can I help? And we think the best way to do it is really go into a decentralized mode and not just wait for the federal government to help us out right. because it's just not happening. Yeah, being proactive. I love it. Thank you so much, uh, Riggs Elgaberry. We appreciate it. Keep us posted on what you're doing. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Of course. Most of you have seen it, but I'm replaying it because it just they asked the right questions. And for me, it was, I, I, I'm going to look back on the, the early in the morning on the Sunday, the 5th of December, long before brunch, <laughs> when I got to this show, because really we feel that, that this, this is what is going to be our defining moment. So without further ado, I'm going to now go into uh, the quick excerpt of a coming show that uh, expands on that a little bit. So this is, this is not the actual show. This is what the reporter was using to do her own, um, you know, basically her own report. So I uh, just want to make that clear. Uh, first of all, I'm going to just show you some of the stats for Newsy. Um, they are, tend to be a left of center, uh, slightly liberal network. They were bought by uh, Scripps uh, for $65 million back in 2008, I believe. And they, they are very um, factual, medium traffic. so. They, they, get, they get decent traffic and they are basically, they do video pieces that get out there on the mobile and web platforms. So that kind of gives you an idea of what to expect from this uh, show. And now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna tee up the reporter and uh, see what questions she had to ask. Remember this happened before the Newsmax show. Can you tell me just like in a few sentences what your company does and your, maybe your mission statement? So Origin Clear is focused today on what we call water on demand, which is really the innovation of investors for the first time being able to invest directly in water systems, which they haven't been able to do up till now. It's kind of like oil wells. So we like to say that we're making water like an oil well, that you could just literally help the water gush <laughs> and you get paid for the gushing water. Uh, that is a very popular thing. We're building a network of financed systems that do this, this sort of pay by the gallon thing. Investors are delighted. And what we think is we're bringing an army of new investors of new money to help sort of buttress the existing efforts, such as the infrastructure bill. We're bringing everyday investor, Main Street investors to help invest in water. In addition, of course, we have all the classic, we know how to build machines, we're, we're doing really well with that. But really what we think is gonna transform the world is this financing of water systems by the world's investors. What do you think caused this bill to come into action? And what, what would you say that maybe your company has done to like maybe play a role in that, in the positive change? Right, well, we actually are dealing with the plan B, right? Plan A is fund the infrastructure. There's some action, but it's inadequate. It doesn't solve the problem, it's just a Band-Aid. And it's a one-year Band-Aid. So what, what do we do? Well, we need to, there's only one thing we can do, and that is to deal with the fact that the city infrastructure will be underfunded. 
So why not just reduce its scope, give it less of a hard, you know, it, right now it tries to do everything. It's the central system for everything. Well, why not take the load off and start doing more treatment at businesses and farms and um, industry and so forth so that the central infrastructure is, uh, the, the load is lightened. California tried to build a high-speed rail system. Not gonna happen. What's gonna happen instead? The Google self-driving car. Why? Because we already have freeways. So you can just use a little bit of software and you're done. It's similar things gonna happen in water. We're gonna use what's already there. Uh, you know, we are not gonna have trillion dollar water projects anymore. We're not gonna build more Hoover dams. Not gonna happen, right? Um, the, the environmental permitting alone would stop it. So no more central big systems. Uh, the money is not there. Um, and so we just got to pull back. Small is beautiful. Treat locally. And now we'll, and, and then we do all kinds of good things like more recycling. It's more adaptable. If there's a big failure, it doesn't affect the entire county or state. It's localized to each point. And I think that's the way to go. How do we avoid have, having like the Colorado River Basin being something that is very like could be something that happens very similar? How do we avoid things like Flint, Michigan and the Colorado River Basin possibly happening in our future? OK, well, those are two different problems. Now, Flint occurred because of failing infrastructure and <clears throat> some very stupid moves that were made. But but really underlying it all was just very old pipes and so forth. We, we have so many old pipes in our country. It, uh, our, for example, our energy grid has been around for a century, and its big problem is it's a one-way. It doesn't have a conversation, right? It just shoots electricity. And so the new players, you know, people like Google Nest and and uh, you know Tesla power, uh, solar power and so forth, they're just doing an end run. They're not even trying to use the grid. They're just they're just setting up their own Internet of Things (IoT). Uh, directly. And that's really what uh, needs to start happening in water. How are we ever going to, you know, update the entire grid? Well, don't, just leave it there. <laughs> Let it do its thing. And then the new stuff is kind of a whole different network, a lot like, you know, for example, in Africa, instead of installing landlines, they just went straight to the cell phones, right? So we can do that now. And what we strongly believe in what we're seeing is there's a tremendous demand by people who have water problems. Let's say you're a brewery. Uh, there's a very good example of a brewery in, in Russian River. It's called the Russian River um, Beer Company in Sonoma County. And they were finding themselves, the water rates were skyrocketing. The local municipality wasn't handling their water. So they commissioned their own water system. And they were lucky enough to work with one of us, this new generation of companies that provides a machine without requiring you to pay up front. So we're basically substituting for the city. Like, you know what? We're going to give you a, a water treatment system that's going to be in your brewery. It's going to take care of your water. You'll pay less in water rates and we'll fund it. And you pay by the gallon. And they're like, okay, where do I sign? So this is a new era of water as a service that is bypassing the whole dysfunctional infrastructure problem. And we're gonna see that happen more and more um, where there's gonna be self-help for, for businesses, for industry, for agriculture, and ultimately for homes. If you're doing your own water treatment at, in a home, then you don't have to have a septic tank, which are very problematic and so forth. So there's, there's really a lot to be said for decentralizing water treatment. 
I think that's amazing. And it reminds me of like people putting solar panels on their homes, you know, like it's, exactly. it's almost exactly the same thing. So let's talk a little bit about climate change. How is it affecting our need for water and how can recycling our water really help? You know, you're so right. Listen, we have a real problem with climate change because it's redistributing the precipitation <laughs> places where it used to rain don't. And then places where it, now they have some places have too much, some places have, don't have enough. But in terms of water, you bring up recycling. Now, the, the Israel recycles almost 90% of its water. The second one in the world is Spain with 20%. The US is at 1%. Now, why? Well, again, it's because of this ancient infrastructure that only thought of going one way. We treat your water and we dump the rest in the ocean or the river, right? How do you go back upstream? Now, there are, there are efforts, for example, in San Diego County where they're trying to do that, but it's going to take 30 or 40 years to do it at the municipal level. Once again, if people are treating their own water, they can recycle their own water because they're right there with it, right? I've got my water, I made it dirty, reuse it. A brewery, for example, can reuse 50% of its water without even using it to make beer, just for washdowns and steam uh, vessels and so forth. And so if we think of self-contained water treatment, then people can recycle and we get one, two or three more turns of the water. And that is, I think the cheapest way to solve the problem. There's other solutions as well, but we strongly believe that if people do their own wastewater treatment, then they can do their own recycling because it pays off. They paid for the water once, they're gonna run it again, right? So it's, it's, gonna, it's gonna make economic sense for people. Why should we get away from America's centralized water system? Why is it important that we begin to implement locally, recycling water locally? Let me give you a concrete example. In Miami-Dade County, we have over 100,000 septic tanks. And so the county says, well, we're gonna run sewage to everybody. Well, that's over $6 billion for a bunch of sewage lines. And guess what? It's going to tear up the streets for 20 years and it's, it's going to take forever. And meanwhile, there's still going to be a problem with the septic tanks. What we can do instead is just put in a rebate program to let them, you know, put in a closed circuit system, a proper, you know, sewage system that, that, you know, everything goes to a little tank and the tank gets emptied once a year by a truck and everybody's happy. That is a quick solution, self-help, self-reliant. And we must do that. What we're trying to do here is, is, is accelerate the process of enabling decentralization and because it's happening anyway. So bottom line is infra, you know, central infrastructure is failing. Decentralization is a fact. It's happening whether we like it or not. And it actually makes a lot of sense to take the load off the center and start taking responsibility where water is being polluted. Origin Clear does not work in residential yet. We really work with industry with business because 87% of all water that's made dirty is made dirty by agriculture and industry. So why don't we focus on that and not on the 13% that you know is a lot of hard work? I mean, home by home by home, I would have to build a whole other company for that. Thank you so much for talking to me. Listen, Jade, thank you so much for your time. It was really fun talking with you. I appreciate the questions. Yeah, absolutely, thank you so much. That was a chance to really say these things you know, in detail and discuss it. and. And I think it set a lot of the tone for what we're doing here. I've got a lot of chats and I'm just going to quickly visit these chats. Exactly. Um, so Rob Powelson says water funding total is 55 billion. And I'm about to do a deep dive on that, in fact. And uh, Jerry um, says, uh, are there any current career opportunities available now? 
a good question. And um, I can't answer that in this call, but the water industry actually is in dire need of people. They're going through their, um, you know, um, silver tsunami, like people aging out. Well, I don't even have the silver hair, but people are getting old. Um, and then Rob Powelson says, American Society of Engineers has called for a trillion dollars of needed investment. Well said, that's absolutely the case. And uh, Jerry would like to have an email address. So uh, that was provided, good. And then Rob says, this being intellectually honest, water utilities, public and private will still be the primary service providers. And that's 100% true. I wanna make it clear. When we're talking about water like an oil well, remember the must limited partnerships have always been complementary to big oil. Well, in the same way, we're building something that's complementary to big water. We don't wanna lose big water. It's, it's where we're gonna get our water, right? It's how, how we're gonna do it. So, so we see this as a crucial way to take some of the load off, some of the critical load. It's a trend that's happening anyway, and these people need the funding. So that's, that's where that's at. So well put. Neil asks, what risk are there to the investors? And this is a really good point. Neil and Kimberly, uh, you guys really need to know that this program is very appealing because it's secured by the assets and by the company, okay? So it is, it is like an oil well partnership, literally. And um, if you learn more about it, you will see that this is not the high risk, high reward stuff we've been doing over the years, which, you know, investors have ended up ahead, but they're generally been investing their crazy money. Like, okay, fine, I'll throw a little bit of money at this and who knows. Um, and then if it goes somewhere, fine. If it doesn't, then it's not the end of the world. Now it's their asset portfolio and people are concerned about, for example, their real estate investments. My rents are not going to keep up with inflation. Well, water rates, if we peg to water rates, then we will keep up with inflation and still give a good deal to the customers. All right. Um, uh, 18593 says, what is done with the solids in the wastewater with your systems? Okay. That's a very good question. And um, it varies. We're not in charge of that. The, the, the solids can be uh, disposed of. Uh, for example, let's take a home. Uh, if you have a, a Fuji water sells a very good home closed water, uh, closed circuit system, and it has a little sludge tank. And once a year, you empty out the sludge tank. So there's various ways to do it. All right. And then um, trying to get Edward Manukian says, I'm getting my master's in blockchain and digital currency. And for one of my classes, I talked about decentralization of fresh water and found you were already working on this and one of the only ones. Very impressed and glad I invested in Origin Clear. Thank you for having me. Well, Edward, that is a wonderful thing to say. And with that, I'm going to keep on going because we have so much more good stuff uh, that you're going to enjoy. So um, that's it for the clips. But there is, um, I'm going to cover some other stuff quickly. I want to cover the infrastructure bill. What's up with the infrastructure bill? Mm -hmm. But meanwhile, I also want to report that our very own Ivan Ans of Philanthropic Investors was um, on a show called, um, here, I'm going to put it right up on the screen here. Um, and it's the Founders Club. And this, uh, this Oliver Graff is an amazing uh, personality and, I, and had a long, long discussion. Unfortunately, I don't have time to put it on tonight. Uh, but one of the cool things that Ivan came up with was water flicks. He called it, what we do is water flicks. We're kind of like Netflix, water flicks, right? That is, that is a super cool concept. And we're literally streaming water. Uh-oh, I just made a really bad joke. Okay, anyway, thank you, Ivan, for representing 
And Oliver was super uh, impressed with the whole concept. So thank you. All right. Now, what about this infrastructure bill? Originally, it was $110 billion. It was cut back to 55. Now it's uh, gone up to 83 billion, but non-water items excluded, we're back to 55 billion. Oh, wow. Uh, so Chris Worth has has a, a 25 unit, one bedroom, one bath apartment complex in South Nevada, estimated water use is 66,600 gallon per month, need engineer point of contact, boom. This, we'll be happy to help you, you will see. So um, the team will take care of you with your need. Okay, let's take a look at this. Um, so we have two categories. One is watershed environment, floods and dams. And the other one is ours, clean transport and recycled water. And as you can see, there's a ton of stuff that has to do with watershed. And this is important stuff, no, don't get me wrong. National oceans, uh, restoring habitats, data acquisition for water resources, wildfire prediction, snowpack monitoring, marine debris, uh, all these important things. But none of these really are, you know, are deal with the dirty water, right, uh, themselves. So um, that got kind of thrown in which is all well and good, but it does obscure restoring fish passages. I am very passionate about these things. I think that the fish need to be um, uh, taken care of, the Pacific Coast salmon recovery, uh, all these things. U.S. Corps, Army Corps of Engineers got an, a nice budget to rehabilitate rivers and harbors, aquatic ecosystem rest restoration, uh, coastal storm risk management, very important, inland flood risk management projects, Etc. Etc. So you can see a lot of important things happening, but they are not wastewater treatment. Now we get the beginning of something. Department of the Interior has something for water storage, groundwater storage, small-scale storage and groundwater, etc. Um, also, rural water projects very important. Water recycling and reuse. And let's see what else we got. Water desalination, not a heck of a lot, but okay, it's a start. Water desalination is not cheap. Let's put it that way. Um, then we go back to non-water treatment items. Um, and then um, I was generous. I didn't know what Central Utah Project completion account, so I threw it in water treatment. We don't know, but you know, I'll assume it was. Okay, uh, construction, repair, improvement, maintenance of irrigation and power systems, et cetera. Definitely our territory. A bunch of stuff to, re to restore the Great Lakes. Um, then we got back here. I'm not going to bore you with this, but you can see very important here, focus on PFAS, as it's called, which is the substances which are very toxic and don't easily get out of the water. So that's imp very important. And that's right there in our column, uh, underserved communities, which like Flint, Michigan, for example, and uh, Federal uh, Safe Drinking Water Act. There's many, many violations of the Safe Drinking Water Act. So here's the bottom line, 55 billion, sure enough, for the water treatment. Uh, to clean, transport, and recycle water, whereas watershed, environment, floods, and dams gets the other. So that's kind of where it's at, just to give you uh, all a, a feel for, for where it's at. It's, uh, it's, as I say, it's a good program, but um, it's basically 55 billion. So what does that accomplish? Let's, let's, uh, let's figure that out. Well, here's the issue. There was a key webinar back in 2016 um, which if, if you look up closing the loop, the future of decentralized water, you'll see the listing. And this was one of the very first, this alerted me to this descent. At the time we were doing a lot of technology, pure technology, but this alerted me to decentralization. And this is 
a couple slides, closing the loop, the future of decentralized water. And um, look at this. Since 1960, steadily growing operation and maintenance costs. Well, that means that that's like, you know, never replacing your Toyota Celica and just, just throwing more water in the radiator. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, and so pipe infrastructure, very damaged. And we hear about the water mains breaking and so forth. So that's not good news, right? In 2014 dollars. Also, up to 30% of water is lost and it's not money. Look at Chicago, 24%. That's ridiculous. Um, that's every time they lose a connection, quote unquote, a, a customer, it's about $35 of, not, of lost water. This is very bad because they got to make it up. Okay. Now, um, EPA says that 15,000 of the water plants require a quarter trillion dollars in capital spending. And you can see the, the different allocations. Um, CSO is combined sewer overflow, meaning when like a hurricane comes or uh, some kind of heavy flood, it overflows and there's a lot of those happening. Okay, so then here's the biggest problem. You are here, where are you? You are at roughly, if I'm looking at this right, about $70 billion a year gap going to 105 in 2025. That's just three years away, right? So this investment gap is not being covered by the government. And the Biden administration is only giving us 55. Hello? There's a disconnection from reality here. All right. And we can see that in the federal spending of water um, infrastructure, which has dropped. And guess what? The stuff that in the later years is not grants, it's loans. Not nice. Um, and of course, this is resulting in water rates skyrocketing. And this is a big reason why we have to help. We've got to jump in and help because this trend has not stopped. Look at it. It just goes and goes and goes from since 2009. And of course, we know it's going to get worse. So anything we can do to help. That story I told you about uh, um, the reporter about Russian River Brewery, they achieved lower costs on their water rates, even though their contract allowed for you know, index water rates. So, you know, it, it was a, it was a win-win. It was water rate inflated, uh, adjusted so that the investors kept pace with inflation, but it was less than what Sonoma County was charging the Russian River Brewery. Okay. So conclusions, infrastructure failing, the Biden infrastructure bill is less than one year of backlog, federal funding drying up, water rates inflating at three times. The solution is let America's investors help. Water Demand is the first ever direct investment program in water equipment. It complements the big cities and the big water companies. It is water as a service. Customers don't have to invest in capital. And because we manage the systems or our, our, our subcontractors manage the systems, we don't have to get into the water business. That is, the customers don't have to, right? They're, they're in the brewery business or they have, a, they have a housing development. I mean, why would they get into the water business? The benefits? We keep the contract and the asset. We don't build or maintain. That's delegated to the water industry. So as this thing expands, I mean, our team in Texas is already completely overloaded. Their sales tripled this year. There's huge demand. Well, I can't wait for them to staff up. We have, you know, I don't know, 50,000 more water companies in America that can take care of things. They're mom and pops, but they can take care of their business. Water on demand investors get profit sharing, generous stock, and double leverage, which... Um, uh, 
Ken can discuss with you. And of course, it is secured. In short, we are changing water the way oil was changed in 1981. So that is um, the end of that. And I think it's very, very, um, uh, I think, very, shall we say, life-changing foraging clear because we don't have to build everything that we make money from. We can do it by doing funding programs, owning the contracts, owning the assets, and letting water companies build the machines and manage the, the customer sites. Okay, without further ado, I would like to welcome my, our good friend, Steve St. Angelo, who is an Origin Clear investor. My main man, how you doing? I'm just peachy yourself. You know what? Uh, I'm so excited. I watch myself on TV. I'm like, this guy, he's got the right thing. Oh, that's me. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Good job so far. Yeah, isn't it exciting? I mean, yeah. um, you know, for many years, people have said, what do you do? Why? Because we were trying all these things to try and move the needle in water, this, this, and this. And it turned into this big old spaghetti. And, um, but it wasn't even good spaghetti. It was gluten-free. So that's terrible. Yeah. Right, <laughs> but yeah, what's wrong with you? What's up? What's up? Gluten-free spaghetti. Come on, you know. But um, anyway, what we've got here now is something I think very, very focused. So let's um, let's discuss. Uh, first of all, Steve, we're so grateful that you're here tonight, and let's take a look at who you are and why <clears> you're here. So um, I'm taking a look at uh, here. We go. So. Um, feel free to just uh, jump through these slides and uh, I'll, stand, I'll stand back. Well, first of all, hello, fellow investors. It's great to be with you today. And um, I retired from Toyota. In fact, I have a uh, consulting company now called American Kaizen. But I retired in uh, mid-2019 as an operating officer at Toyota Motor Corporation. In fact, I reported directly to Akio Toyota, the president and the CEO. Um, in my last assignment, I was the CEO for Toyota Latin America, which encompassed 40 countries and six plants. I headed up uh, the North America operations prior to that, and I was a champion of Toyota Mobility for Latin America, and now I'm an origin clear investor and proud of it. Right on, right on. But today my topic is uh, talking about mobility and how maybe some of the aspects of mobility are similar to Origin Clear's um, mission. Um, but now there's a lot of talk about mobility and wondering what is mobility really about? Well, on the surface, mobility involves transportation. It's about moving people from one place to another, whether it's across the room, across the town, across the country. Mobility needs are both greater and more complex than they've ever been and our old technologies are not capable of resolving new problems. Get this, the global population has doubled since 1950 and 2007. Double, that's that many more people on the roads, that many more people drinking the water, using the water, it's unbelievable. However, current generations are less likely to own cars than the just generations before them. While application-based car services are on the rise. These new generations are choosing to spend their money on lifestyles, on conveniences, and not so much on cars and homes. All solutions are not going to work in the future. And this is why we are reinventing our industry to bring about the future of mobility and help drive the process. There are some important characteristics 
and fundamentals to mobility that must be made. First of all, convenience. Mobility must be convenient on demand and close, close to where we work, where we play, close to where we live and close to the places we need and want to go. Secondly, it has to be simple. Mobility also needs to be so simple anyone can use it. It needs to be easy to use and easy to access. This is the only way that mobility can truly be a tool of social inclusion and that's something exclusively reserved for the few fortunate people. And finally, sustainability. Mobility needs to be sustainable. Our ways of moving needs to be in harmony with our environment. They need to allow both society and nature to thrive together without contaminating or depleting our natural resources. But how do we convert these values and principles into new forms of mobility? What will all this really look like? So many people are talking about an acronym called CASE. You see, CASE are the four pillars of mobility that the auto industry is using. CASE refers to solutions that are connected vehicles, autonomous vehicles, shared vehicles, which I will come back to, and you hear a lot of talk about electrified vehicles. And Toyota, it does not in there. CASE alone is not enough. In addition to CASE, there are four additional pillars that Toyota included. One is artificial intelligence, personal mobility, robotics, and aerial vehicles. Yes, that's right, flying cars. Can you believe it? The Jetson's time has finally arrived. Today, I would like to focus on the third car pillar, which is car sharing. It truly parallels water on demand. The future of mobility is a shared future. Throughout the 20th century, being mobile was synonymous with owning a car. Did you know that today there are nearly 1.2 billion cars throughout the world? That's roughly one car for every six people. But did you know that all these cars are parked 95% of the time? Think about your car and how often during the 24 hour day that you actually use it. We have an abundant amount of resources available that are not being used effectively. Car sharing will allow us to make the most of existing resources at the same time, remove the economic barrier of car ownership. Hmm, similar to water on demand. Toyota has already made great inroads in car sharing. Together with its IT platforms developed by Toyota Connected, Toyota has already launched car sharing services in many cities throughout the world. For example, my route service in Japan connects users with multi-model transportation, combining public systems like buses and subways with other options like taxis to maximize resources and make traveling more efficient than ever before. Also, Toyota has the Huey program in Honolulu that offers hourly or daily rentals of Toyota Lexus vehicles. You see, reservations of payments are all done via smartphone and vehicles can be picked up or dropped off at 25 strategic locations throughout the city. Mobility on demand, pay as you go. Hmm, sound familiar? Toyota's Quinto service in Argentina, Toyota's first car sharing service in South America works in a similar way. Via smartphone app, you can reserve a short-term or long-term rental that are delivered to your home, choosing a fleet of Toyota vehicles with options with equipped 
heavy duty vehicles, off-road vehicles, even vehicles for handicapped people. What if we took this idea of an app and brought it to uh, water on demand? Folks, the future is coming, it's already arrived in Japan, United States, and honestly, around the world. These car sharing services are a prime example of how at Toyota, we are taking initiative to meet new demands and offer new solutions. Think about Uber. You know, it's just a software company. They have a software tool. It doesn't own any cars. And it's now the biggest taxi company in the world. Ask any taxi driver if they saw that coming. Airbnb is now the biggest hotel chain in the world, although they don't own any properties. Ask Marriott or Hilton if they saw that coming. You see, software has disrupted and will continue to disrupt most traditional industries in the next five to 10 years. When you look at Toyota dealers and most dealers in North America, they make very little money on selling cars, but they make a lot of money on financing, leasing, servicing, parts, insurance, accessories, and many others. Just think about if automake, automakers sell millions of cars each and every year, but if they didn't finance these cars, if they didn't lease these cars, if they didn't have the capability could they sell nearly as much? At the heart of the, this change is our constant and unwavering desire to meet the demands of society, to fulfill the needs of our customers and the communities that sustain us in order to make their lives better. Thank you so much for your time. Back to you, Yiggs. Wow. I couldn't help but uh, notice that you were talking about not just serving the elite. And I thought that's Tesla right there. You were, you were, you were a little bit of dig on Tesla who are doing a fine job, but they tend to be higher end. Right. So I right. think you guys are, are really you know, with them with like, for example, handicap mobility and also, you know, working people, you know, uh -huh. so many, you know, we, we, I was in LA for many, many years and, and who had to drive the most, the, 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 the gardeners, the housekeepers, the people coming from East LA, and they were spending huge amounts of gas and this and that. And the rest of us are like, no, we don't care. So I think that what, what you're saying is this is a way to be more equitable and also to get the cost of capital down. And I, I'm, I'm so tickled that you've, you've, you've sort of shown, shown this parallel universe, right? To what we're doing. And like you say, if it weren't for the financing, you know, this is how Henry Ford took over the world. He started, you know, financing those cars, right? So today it's an accepted thing. I mean, I could probably afford to buy my car, but what the heck? I just, I just pay, right? It's just a bill. And I think that this goes to the next step, which is just pay for use. Yes. Now, you, you, uh, you seem to like this concept at Origin Clear. Well, I, I will tell you this. Um... I had responsibility of many plants and many, many dealerships. And you need to be focused on your core business, building great cars for your customers at the, the highest quality or lowest cost, just in time. And there's many aspects of any business that take you away from your core business, mm -hmm. like, you know, your payroll, your security department and, and cleaning your water. So what I like about this Instead of spending, you know, millions and millions of dollars on um, 
purchasing a, a, a water purification system that I have to maintain and take care of all, all this stuff. I'd rather use that, those assets, that money to provide better vehicles for my customers, faster, more changes, and let the experts in water cleaning and water for, for purification, let the experts in payroll, let the experts do things that are not core business so we can focus, focus on being the best of the best. And I think that's true of any CEO of any kind of business. And um, I, I see the, the direction going more and more that way. And, and for us also, it's a, it's a focus on, wait a minute, we're not gonna do everything in the water industry. If we can do this one thing well, then the water industry can do the fulfillment of the water systems and the maintenance, right? Why would right. we run around and do that and buy a bunch of companies? And then, you know, I was taught during the dot-com to never compete with your natural partners, right? So yeah. let them do all the work and they'll be grateful. And we, you know, attract this, this um, you know, hopefully a ton of investors like you to, to benefit from this cool investment that's, that beats inflation. But is, you know, I think people would rather do uh, invest in a water well, quote unquote, than an oil well, right? Because given a choice. Right. So, and as a hidden part of oil well investing, which is what happens with the oil industry caps your well. <laughs> it's like, oops. <laughs> a lot of people are like, ooh, I don't know about that royalty. It's not happening. Why? Because demand crashed in 2020. And the reason, the way that they're making the oil prices go up is by restricting supply right? Well, that's hurting people who are not able to make money from that. Water will never have that problem. There'll always be plenty of dirty water and it's a growing amount. You mentioned, for example, the doubling of the population and how we haven't kept up. Well, that's true. The same $3.2 billion, sorry, the 3.2 billion people that were, have bad sanitary systems 20 years ago, they still have the same problem. The problem has remained unchanged in the world. We got to do something. We have to do something. And you know, 87% of all water treat all water pollution coming from industry and agriculture is a great way to start. Well, um, Steve, uh, it's been so helpful. Thank you, and we hope that you will advise us as we go forward, uh, because you're definitely one of our star investors in terms of your um, ex experience in in a, a very comparable business. I'm going to wrap up here with a quick um, review of Ken's $5 million club, which he's, he basically, is, you know, it was a bright idea that where we made it possible for you not to be a high net worth investor, you have to be accredited. But remember, accredited starts at $200,000 a year. So it's not impossible to reach, especially with inflation these days. I hope that, I hope that you're making more money with inflation because that's one of the tough things these days. But nonetheless, there's a whole raft of things here I won't go into that are fabulous. And we are offering the same deal as if you were investing $5 million and that's for the rest of us. So talk to Ken, oc.co slash Ken, email him, call him on extension 201 and he will tell you where it's at. And I, uh, we've taken a little bit long here, um, but I think it was worth it. And the last briefing of the year is next week. So do join me. We're gonna, I, I'm gonna cover some really important things I haven't been able to, uh, especially about the economy. There's some, uh, Moody's had a, very, had a very important presentation this week that I was not able to include. 
that is an insider view on what's happening with the economy. Let me just say this. It looks a lot like 1929. So you need to be in productive asset bearing investments that are pegged to inflation. That's my last word for tonight. I want to thank you all for coming tonight. Do join me next week. You'll get the deep dive and I think you'll enjoy it. And as always, I greatly appreciate your coming. And thanks again to Steve for having done a great job of showing how we are like Toyota. So cool. I love it. Thanks again and good night. Mm -hmm.